Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now, here are three guys who put the fine in fine woodworking. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. Go Rockler! Rockler, Rockler, Rockler. Am I not supposed to be talking right now? Still warming up. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. <laughs> trying to do a show here. Is that what we're doing? What are you doing, man? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I'm just trying to have fun, you know? I'm enjoying my Sunday with oh my, gosh. my buddies. Maybe even my best friends. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what you guys are to me? Well, look, at this point in our lives, we don't have any other friends. This is about as good as it's going to get. So. This is really... <laughs> I mean, seriously, let's not, uh, You're not worry about it too You're much. It. Stuck with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, it is show number... It or just be friendless. Yeah, just own it. It's good. Uh, show number 549 today. Uh, and we're going to talk about hand plane blades, domino connectors versus Ikea, finish curing and cold temps and wood floor expansion. But before we get to that, we want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler's been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. And Rockler's giving away a $250 gift card to one lucky Wood Talk listener. Enter for your chance to win before May 31st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. And, and, you know, and, I think, I think before, before uh, Matt Shannon. goes into that, uh, my, my flow, Shannon. it's gone. See, I know, you know what I'm it feels like, Matt, to keep you on your toes. Um, <laughs> Matt, Mark plays the drums. I can play the piano. Can you play anything? Cause I think we need to do this music live one time. Just like launch into the show with a live version of this song. I think I can pull off this piano part with a little practice. Uh, the, the piano was pretty, the only uh, thing I attempted to learn as a child to have some kind of musical thing. And then that was uh, 30, probably 30 years ago. So I would say no, I don't I can't play anything. So what you're saying is Matt's on cowbell. I can do cowbell. <laughs> yeah, more cowbell. I don't know. I'm <laughs> not that great at keeping a beat, though. So we'll see. Or the little little finger symbols. Yeah. This song is that's a lot of uh, organ, little finger Tickling the ivories going on there. I think I think I could pull that it's pretty off. Pretty good. You can pull it off. I have to stretch. But I just right, we'll work on it. <laughs> that, that's good. You need always need beat. one of those in the band. Or I could just be like wasn't it like in the background for the music video or something. I don't know. Isn't it like the uh, the Boston's were one of those bands that just had a guy that danced on stage. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, I could all be he that did. guy. That's, like, what is, is that, that a seizure or is that a dance move? I don't know. But it looks I good. No, no, it's okay, buddy. It's all right. We Mateo could, wants we to do his Mateo. own show here. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Do your announcement. Make it quick. Come Subscribe on. to Wood Talk. Oh, perfect. <laughs> we are, are we have the, the show in video now. <laughs> Thank you. It's perfect. Thank you, Mateo. <laughs> Fantastic lead. Right. Make nice. sure you check out the YouTube channel where you can see our stupid faces as we talk to you. And you, and you can see me awkwardly trying to parent while doing a show. 
Yeah, but you're good at good it. Times. See, I, good at the awkward. It, I just, moves. I just love what has happened since I disrupted Matt's flow. This show is off the rails, and we're <laughs> like gone. less than a minute in. It's fantastic. Absolutely not sure gone. we ever were on. I did rails, that. But I did that. Good I, job, Shannon. I have to say though, having the the YouTube channel thing going, I do like it because there is a lot more like feedback and comments there. Not that no one mm-hmm. ever wrote in before when it's just audio, but I think because it's on YouTube, people are more used to like I'm actually going to comment. It's actually fun to be yeah. like, oh, people actually watched this. Yeah, it's a little more That's responsive and it's uh, the, the platform is built with the responses like as part of it. Yeah. Whereas like going, you know, you listen in your car and you go, well, I should email those guys later and then you get home and other things happen. <laughs> so that feels too formal. Yeah, too. It is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, too. Um, anyone who hasn't checked it out, you got to go see these uh, video versions of this. Um, Todd, who does all the editing for the Wood Whisper, he also does the editing for this stuff. And he's getting real good at it. Um, he makes it a nice, clean edit, throws a lot of fun visual aids in there. And just just a lot of it's just funny stuff. Uh, if you look away for a couple of seconds, you might miss yeah, you <laughs> something <will>. really hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So you got to watch the whole thing. It's uh, it's really, really cool. So uh, thanks for that, Mateo, wherever you went. Wait, he's gone already? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's on to something else. He's probably playing a video game now. That was it. He wanted to do his, uh, his little appearance. and He's done. It's like, I'm gone. Nice. <laughs> You're not cool anymore, Dad. I'm out of here. No. He, he looks at her subscriber numbers and he just is like, I don't even know why you bother. <laughs> so he's like our biggest uh, supporter. Oh, uh, he's right. quite the critic. Should he maybe nice. become a patron? Then I he can could, read his name. Then, oh, sure. There yeah, you go. Yeah. That's fine. Let's pretend. You can mispronounce it. I'd love to hear how you pronounce Spagnolo. <laughs> that might be one he knows. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Just because I know this it or not doesn't mean I'm not going to mispronounce it or not. That's like, it's not related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't make a difference. Anyway, that was mm-hmm. mostly my little lead into our Patreon message. If you want to help support the show, like Mateo might, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. We'd like to thank the one and only the great William M. Hopper or Hooper. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Two O's. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. Better counter than me. Dylan yep. Trelawney, Andy Glenep, and Erica Tesla. La, oh, la, 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 la. Well, thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. <laughs> I think we should get to what's on the bench. Let's actually do some woodworking talk. Yeah. Here. Sure. Mm. Sounds good. Never mind. Let's talk about kids. I'm still right. having fun. Um, talking about kids. <laughs> so I'm still working on my sideboard. It's going super slow. Got a lot of life distractions right now. And the shop is, uh, it's busy. But every time I go in there, and this is one of those things where if I lose focus, I'm going to screw something up or put a domino in the wrong place or something goofy like that. So I am taking my time with it, but it's it's really dragging. And it's uh, it's at that point, I'd call it maybe the 65% point on this project where I kind of just want it to be over today. So we'll see how that goes. I got some of the trickiest stuff to come, um, but it's just with with all the distractions and things going on in life, it's it's a project like this is not my favorite kind to do at a time like that because I find myself losing focus. If I can't stay in the zone on the project, it's very easy for me to come back and then just do something, just a complete boneheaded move. Um, and I've got to be real careful with that because I don't want any of those on this one. So, um, I'm currently making the interior panels. Uh, there's going to be drawer slides attached to these. So I don't want movement in there and kind of painted myself in a quarter with the design where it's a frame and panel. Mm -hmm. And I was doing solid panels everywhere else. 
But then on this interior, I'm going to be attaching drawer slides to it. And I was thinking, well, you, I mean, you could probably get away with putting a drawer slide on a sliding or on a panel that's kind of a floating panel. And yeah. maybe it'll be okay for a while. But like over time, mm. you've got to imagine it's going to stress those screws at the very least. Um, and, and eventually something may work itself out. So I'm like, that's just not good woodworking to do it this I just, way. I feel like it would just um, kind of move enough where it would shift over time that like the operation of the drawer wouldn't quite be right. S- it would affect yeah, the drawer. Nice. Something's going to get whacked out. Yeah. Or it's or you, and then you realize it's just like, or something. Well, and it's a little bit of resistance and you push through the resistance and then over time something just breaks and I'm like, ah, it's just, I'm showing people how to do this. I need to do it the right way. So <laughs> I don't want to buy an entire piece of half inch walnut ply. So I was like, well, what can I do? I've got, oh, I've got some, I've got some half inch MDF for this panel sitting over there that I'm not using for anything else. Probably won't use for anything else. And then I've got, of course, plenty of walnut. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to veneer up some, some panels for this. It's like a little bit overboard for what it is, but it'll look good. It'll match the project and it'll give me what I need. Overboard. What are you talking about? (laughs) Sometimes it feels (laughs) overboard, Matt. That's when you know you're doing it right. When you (laughs) have that. You feel like you're going too far. That's that's when you get like in the right spot yeah. with it. Right. You know when you feel you've gone too far, go a little bit further. So, then that's the perfect spot. <laughs> yeah, that's the sweet spot. <laughs> so that's that's uh that's really about it for me. I've got some really fun stuff coming up with that, but uh like I said, I just got to keep my head on straight uh so I don't make dumb mistakes. Well, it's also kind of like a different I think it feels different enough from the things you've made in the past where it's like you you kind of mm-hmm. have to be in that zone of like understanding what's going on with that project because you could screw something up pretty quickly or miss something yeah. or over have some kind of oversight that could bite you in the butt pretty well, easily. Well, and a lot of this was designed like well ahead of time and we've already got like a sketch that we're going off of. So I've got sliding doors. Those sliding doors will go in front of the drawer compartment in the center. So I got to make sure that the sliding doors don't hit the partitions. And then I got to make sure that the drawer fronts are going to live in the right location and then with all of this, we have uh, we kind of limited the total depth of the unit, but we have uh, drawer slides, undermount drawer slides, which also have, especially if you ever use like, I don't know, maybe all the brands are like this, but the Bloom ones, the instructions are really tricky. So when you want to find what is your absolute minimum interior dimension that you'll be able to use that slide in, like good luck with finding those exact numbers and understanding them when you see them. It's, yeah. it's something that like if you do a few You'll be fine. But when you're first doing it, it's tricky as hell. So a lot of this is theoretical numbers that I have to hit. And I'm assuming everything is going to fit until I actually start to put it together. So it's all theoretical on SketchUp. And I think we're going to be just fine. But it it does have me like, I really got to pay attention on this one. Cannot phone this one in. So that's me. Shannon, what's your problem? Hmm. Actually, I have a problem. (laughs) I have a real problem. (laughs) I want to, I want to throw this out to the community because it's, it's, uh, it's kind of upsetting. I have a pair of, um, Phil Coons holdfasts. So go back to the Schwarz blue workbook, workbench book, the original. Mm -hmm. So this was 2008, nine, maybe 2008. Um, and in that book, he had a pair of, of holdfasts from this guy up in Alaska. And I was like, those are cool. I went and bought them. He has long ago retired. He may have even passed away. I don't know. He was, he was up there. Um, I mean, he retired probably 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that was colloquially known as Jake the Russian who took over. Um, 
and was making the same holdfasts. Um, and his last name starts with a P, I think. And it's a very Slavic last name, which is why the people call him Jake the Russian. Jake the Russian has since retired. Um, and no one is making these holdfasts anymore. Um, Black Bear Forge kind of picked up the mantle a while ago. And I have a pair of those, but they're not quite the same. So long story short, these holdfasts are you, like they're, they're antiques now. They, they cannot be had anymore. And mine have just stopped working like almost overnight. Like, and so my question to the audience, to the people who understand metal, because I'm a dumb woodworker, I don't get it. Can like the ductile nature of steel or iron, I guess is what we're talking about here, actually change over time? Because my holdfasts have always worked always worked. And I don't have like, you know, undercut holes on my bench or any of that stuff. I don't have an overly thick bench. It's always been this holdfast. And they, they say that um, blacksmith forged holdfasts always are a little bit sweeter. They're a little bit more ductile, you know, so when you whack it with a with a mallet, it flexes and it really holds well. I could set these holdfasts with like a stern glance. Like it did <laughs> not take a huge wallop uh, of the mallet. It was just a light tap. I can even like use the heel on my hand and set them and they hold really, really well. And they've always held really well. And people are always like, man, where did you get this hold fast? And I'm, unfortunately, lately, I'm like, unfortunately, like I can't point you at anybody. Nobody mm -hmm. makes them anymore. And now it's like they're, they're, they become hardened and they don't flex anymore. Hmm. And this literally, I was doing a demo um, and it like started to happen. It's like, oh, that didn't set on the first whack. And I had to hit it again and it's set. And like over the course of this demo, I actually have it on film. They stopped working. I cannot imagine what has happened. And now it's like three weeks later and they don't work worth a damn. Like they do not flex and cam in the hole. Now I've cleaned the, 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 what's that part called? Shaft. The shaft. <laughs> I cleaned it off but to make sure that, that wasn't hand like, motion yes. as much as possible. More of that, please. Yeah. Okay. If you could. I'll do that a lot. <laughs> if you prefer, I can, I can grab it. And there you go. God. Perfect. Um, those of you, if you haven't watched it on video, you want to just for that. You want to go but in I and clean out them off make sure. Side, by the way. Oh, fair enough. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> you would know that. Um, I would, yes. <laughs> So anyway, serious <laughs> things here. Like I've cleaned it off, made sure there was no wax or I got anything on the on the shaft that could possibly making it not slip in the hole. I haven't done anything to my bench, but my workbench is like it's not like moving around or anything. My workbench is 10 years old. I've never had an issue. So to the metallurgists and the blacksmiths out there, is this crazy? Like, please tell me there's something I can do to revive these holdfasts. Like, what the hell? Like <laughs> It's really upsetting because I've come to rely on those. That is my primary work holding for everything mm -hmm. I do. And the fact that I now have to like whack it three and four times to set that hold fast. And even then it's not holding well. I'm starting to like understand, like if you go into forums, you see people constantly complaining about, I can't get my hold fast to work. And, you know, people will counterboard the underside of the workbench. They'll take like, um, you know, heavy duty sandpaper and scuff up the shaft and all kinds of little techniques out there. And I suppose I could try counterboring the underside of my workbench, but why now? Like yeah, why all if it of a didn't, sudden? Yeah, if it wasn't a problem before, it's really sucky to have to do it now. So, and 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 my my obvious void is I I'm not a metal worker. I don't work with it at all. I don't really know anything about metallurgy. In fact, there's kickback later in the show about how little I know about metallurgy. Um, so please, somebody who does know what they're talking about, please write in or send in a voicemail. And let me know. Um, I may, I probably should email Schwarz too. I'm really curious because he had those same holdfasts. 
now now he's got his own tool company, Crucible, making their own Holdfast. So maybe he doesn't use those anymore. But it's just really upsetting because this is like this is a piece of history. These Holdfasts mm-hmm. are beautiful and they cannot be had anymore. And I hate to think that they're not usable anymore. And both so, of them are behaving the same way? Exactly the same. Like one started to to go, air quotes, whatever that means. One started like it was giving me trouble. And I was like, all right, I took it out and I put the other one up and that one worked. And then that one stopped working. It's so weird. Like, have you um, cleaned up the the holes? Like, maybe with a boring bit or something, just go in there and take a fresh. No, pass. I haven't. I Try haven't. that. And they are, they are. You know, like I'm sitting at my workbench right now, and you'd be glad Matt can't see this as I stick my fingers in the holes because um, I know <laughs> he he'll would come get up very with excited. Rake it around, that. you know. But they, <laughs> yeah, they definitely feel burnished. <laughs> they definitely feel quite smooth. So maybe I need to. Yeah, right. Mm. It's how nice want to say it. I just, it's just a visual. <laughs> just whole, here whole we go. Hand. Here we go. Oh, Look, there you go. So they're, they're quite burnished in there. So maybe I was going to say, because the, the over time you're burnishing it, you're crushing the fibers. I just wonder if you haven't just kind of the same thing that would happen if you like spill finish in the hole. You just kind of sealed yeah. it up and it's not gripping as well. It's Give just that a weird try. because the, well, isn't the, the, the thing behind you. Go get your uh, your little leg beater. And do it right now, live. Yeah, put see new, what happens. Put a okay. new hole in your bench <laughs> and try it. There start, we go. Start fresh. You know, actually, that's a good idea, Matt, because I could use another hole on the front edge of my bench. I'll create a new hole and see what happens. But for me, the tactile feedback from the hold fast itself feels different. Now, that could be because it's slipping in the hole. Yeah, it's, it's not very possible. But to me, it, it doesn't feel like the hold fast flex like they used to. When you tap mm-hmm. it, it would kind of, you would see it actually kind of smush down sure. in the yeah, hole yeah. a little bit. And it, it, it's now kind of springier, like you hit it and it just springs right back. Like it's not as, it's not as malleable mm-hmm. anymore. It's, it's my money is on the bench. Almost. Yeah, I, I, I have to believe, but again, since I know nothing about metallurgy, I wanted to throw that out there. So please sure, feel yeah. free to, to write in and tell me, yeah, you are an idiot. You know, it's not going to change. It's kind of interesting um, to see like, if yeah. they're actually, regardless of what happens with yours, is there like actually a point where a hold fast, you know, wears out? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you I think wonder if you like, if you flex that thing enough times over its life, you're eventually going to do something well, to it. Right. And actually, um, yeah. Stay tuned because that's what the kickback is about. So, oh, okay. keep listening for another at least five minutes. You can tune out after that. <laughs> at least that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'll hear something. So right. anyway, Matt, over to you. Matt. Oh, thank you, Shannon. Over to me. That's what it said in the script. So I had to read that. <laughs> OK. Yeah, no, it didn't. Fine. I did. Whatever. He's pretending. Whatever. Uh, okay, so I just finished up uh, a week of filming with my uh, videographer, editor, guy, Brad. We did some... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, some Who? Stuff. What? What? Well, who's... The, who's... When do you have... When did you get one of these? Oh, uh, like a year and a half ago. <laughs> Mark's concerned. You're cheating just, on him or something. Like, no, he's I've never really... heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the guy that just comes down once in a while? Yeah. Oh, okay, now I know about it. Okay, <laughs> proceed. <laughs> I thought this was like like a new thing. We're gonna start probably doing it more often now that I'm kind okay. of getting more back into the normal rhythm of my life, which is good. Sure. Um, so we were we were gonna okay. shoot a whole week on the sawmill, but I think we scheduled this like a week too early because last week was still like too cold, too miserable to really utilize that. So we ended up just kind of shooting in the afternoons after the temps kind of mm-hmm. warmed up because otherwise the morning is still like 20 degrees out. And I'm like, I ain't, I ain't feeling it. 
I ain't feeling it. <laughs> but uh, we finished up the uh, dust collection install in the barn. We did one new thing, which I have never done before, is I had him shoot a quick video in the shop. Well, I've never had a camera operator in the shop doing any video like that. So that was different and a little weird. Nice. But yeah. it's it's very cool to be able to see like a different the camera can actually move now, like when I'm while I'm working. So we're <laughs> not all static shots. It's not all static shots. So it takes a little bit of getting used yeah. to like on both of our parts of like for him, like figuring out like, OK, where can I go to kind of pick up the next shot or how I make it more seamless. And for me, it's like, OK, I still am not quite 100 percent there with like the same comfort level presenting to camera while there's someone else there. Especially with someone else <laughs> just talked about this. It is right. 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 Back to. Back to quiet and shy, Matt. I'm like a different yeah. person, yes. Oh, yeah. Matt the shy. <laughs> quiet and shy. But, but we just established, what was it, last episode, that the 360-degree camera eliminates the need for a cameraman, and now you're getting a cameraman in. Well, I mean... Starting to not believe the things you say. Well, we're playing <laughs> with that, too, so there's... Whatever. A lot going on. Just okay. different. It's just different. That sounds have good. You, have you thought about, like, making Brad wear a mask or something? Well, he's like very put a professional and very good on. about it. Maybe so I can't really okay. see what he's doing because his face, he made hoods for the camera lenses. So he's like in there. So oh, no kidding. He's he's deep up. Wow. There. Yeah. So he's he's fully invested in the camera operation, which is fantastic. So I don't have to even think about it at all. But it's still yeah. it's like getting this comfort level of like acting myself or acting my on camera persona more with him here. It's just it's mm -hmm. taking a little bit of, uh, of adjustment. So we did a just a quick video of making a pairing block for a through my dovetail. Um, so it's a really quick, easy project for me to like just run through. We shot it in like two hours, but it was just it was different. I'm like, I would have been a, I don't know if I'm like normally I'd be a little more chipper and happy and gleeful sounding on camera. But this time I'm a little more like serious almost. It's different. well, it's the constant stress about like, what am I saying like next? That? What's the next thing being filmed? Nothing that fancy, fancy Shannon. Ebony okay. miter pairing block. Oh, that's pretty. See, See that's when that you fancy. know. Is this overkill? No. You were just saying earlier, this this solid ebony miter pairing block. Okay. This well, is the sweet spot, right? When you've uh, gone that too is, far. That is definitely too far. Mine's Perfect. only walnut, yeah. so there's See? that. <laughs> Amateur. <laughs> uh, I get I get I get what you're saying about the filming thing, because I always have thought about the possibility of a full-time person just running the cameras. Certainly would make for better video, but it also stresses me out. And I think that's that might yeah. be what you're feeling because woodworking and project building doesn't happen on that kind of schedule. So this yeah. person is going to have a lot of oh, downtime yeah. and the pressure to keep them busy and to keep them, you know, like making them feel like they're there for a reason means you don't get the breathers you normally get or the time to just reset and just kind of get ready for the next thing. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure that I will ever have that kind of like constant camera person always on site. I think we've kind of I would, arrived I would at a point screw where everything up. You probably would. You definitely would. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I would. I would overcut everything. I'd mess up all my cuts. Yeah, that, I can't deal with the pressure. <laughs> I think we arrived at kind of like this this notion of what makes the most sense for it. I don't think having a camera person in the shop for the entire project makes sense. But for mm -hmm. at least for the stuff I'm doing, any of like the hand tool type work, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially as I'm like trying to get person like when i do it myself I'm like okay i gotta get close-ups i gotta make sure my face is in the shot all the time and like stage all those things whereas if someone's there running the cameras for those quick things it can go a lot faster and i can get a lot more dynamic shots of it happening true um but 
the stark difference between working with Brad in the shop versus working with Brad on the sawmill, it's very weird because the sawmill is very easy. I'm like, I'm just I'm running the saw and he's just like panning around, getting shots or whatever, moving cameras. And it's it's a lot more formulaic of a video anyway. It's like, okay, Matt's cutting, moving the saw head. And then Matt's moving stuff with the, with the skid steer and then Matt's tossing water at it and talking about the wood. It's right. We've already established the overall pace of that video or the overall just flow of that video. But going into some, some like whole nother area of like, okay, how do we make this work? It was just, it's very interesting. And again, nobody cares about this, but this is the kind of things that we think about behind the scenes of like, how do I keep making this stuff better <laughs> for you to enjoy? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out like sitting in my shop now where I would put a cameraman. <laughs> that would be the biggest issue. Like <laughs> a little okay. tight space. Yeah. Climb, climb up the wall over there and stand on top of the lumber rack. That's really the only <laughs> safe space for you. I'm just, I'm envisioning one of the uh, members of the hand tool school was at um, Roy Underhill school. I think for the last class, if not the last class, like, like cause Roy school is closing. This is his last season and the local newspaper or TV channel came in to film like a segment mm -hmm. and you know, so he's got a full class. I think Roy has like 12 benches in his shop, if I remember correctly. So full class, 12 students, Roy, Bill Anderson was actually teaching the class and then a film crew. And, oh. and like, there's several still Jeez. shots that um, the student of mine, he was taking the class took and there's like a guy cutting dovetails and there's a dude like right there with a camera, like, like wedged into this tiny spot trying to get a shot of it. And I was like, that doesn't look awkward in the slightest. And you can only imagine people like, you know, who aren't used to talking to a camera, like Matt, people who can't talk yes, to a camera. like me, who um, doesn't have yeah. almost a decade experience. You know, those people. Right. Did these but, people but, sign up for that particular experience or was the I, camera crew? I don't know. I don't think so. Upon the camera them. crew experience. I don't think so. Cause that's right. like, that's, yeah. a, that's a great way to get real bad reviews. Is that, uh, you can actually you know, like, go to this class. Which one is well, the school's <laughs> closing anyway. So, you know, <laughs> what, what do they, they care? Do? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Burn Yikes. those bridges yeah. now while you still can. I'm sure, I'm sure there were some non-disclosures, not non-disclosures, like, um, releases signed or something like that. I, I don't sure. know. I don't think it was supposed to be that way, but yeah, it was kind of awkward looking shots of, you know, there's like six too many people in frame right now. What's going yeah. on? Well, do you remember we used to talk about the whole wood talk weekend thing? And I remember when we yeah. would brainstorm, you know, what would, how would this look? It's in-person education, but we'd also want to capture it. So people at home could see it if they couldn't make it to the event. And it was, the, there was no way in my head that we can kind of make those two work together. You either give people a really good in-person hands-on experience or you capture the footage, one or the other. Mm -hmm. And at some point, one is going to step on the toes of the other. And that's really tricky to do, to pull that off at the same time. Yeah. yeah. All Thank right. You. Well, you have to have a whole fun. full production staff and 26 cameras. Right, yeah, Matt? seriously. More the better. All right. What else you got going on, Matt? Anything else? <laughs> I'm just finishing that up. Right. And then uh, this week I'll start installing the flooring in the house, which will be, uh, I'm actually looking forward to because it's actually like wood related. I'm, I'm doing like a giant... <laughs> wood arrangement thing i don't know i'm actually excited about it because i actually get to like look at wood and like do a giant composition oh type of thing right you're th you're really doing it in that and that like thinking in terms of the whole of oh, the God, floor absolutely not yeah. just kind of i'm thinking like really like uh, aisles and like the way that people are going to be walking through the room and how they're going to be seeing the different sections of like 
envisioning all the things that will be on top of the floor mm-hmm. in the future. That's cool. Look at you. Right so you're going to be one of, those, awesome. um, one of those meme pictures that gets shared a thousand times of that like awful hallway no, and staircase with continuous like no, grain. No, it's <laughs> going to be all like rift white oak where you can't see much of anything yeah. with a few hints of weird shit here and there. Oh, I'm sorry. Weird That's stuff cool, here though. and there. Oh, there's another thing we got to bleep to do. Good job. <laughs> we got, you know, we're going to have two of them in this the, show. The weird matte wood grain things. A little bit of crotch here. Lindsay wants some bow ties yeah. somewhere still, so it'd be boring, but then spots of uniqueness. Sure. Okay. Well, that hmm. sounds good. Excellent. Cool. Um, we got some kickback, and I got your name there, Matt, if you want to read that. It's like, you're like, hey, Matt, just talk. Let's have him talk some more. Let's not uh, give yeah, him a well, break I at all. It would be quicker. Thought you'd be quicker, but all right, here we go. Well, Shannon went first. I got Shannon's vibes of overspeaking. So now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're dealing uh, with the, the repercussions uh, of that. All right. Okay. I, I liked I liked earlier Matt when he just like shut up and did what he was told. This <laughs> talking Matt. back match. Yeah. This adolescent Matt. Shy. I'm tired of this. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even that he's like uh, more outgoing now. It's just he's more annoying is it's, what's happening. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's going on. <laughs> I'm aging. That's what's happening. I'm aging into it. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. This is from Rick. Uh, I think the biscuit joiner use dropped off after people discovered that biscuits being compressed would swell when glued into the slots. And if they didn't bury the biscuits far enough away from the surface, they would slowly distort the surface and reveal themselves. Dominoes not being compressed, but rather cut from woodstock, don't tend to swell as much when glued. And because they're thicker, you don't stack them like biscuits were. Also, biscuits have to be fresh because they would absorb moisture when left out in the typical shop, Arizona and Colorado excluded, and would require some hammering to make them fit, making the post-finishing reveal all the worst. Uh, Just a thought from some random guy on the internet. Hmm. Nice. Random guy in New Mexico, Rick. You're saying people in New Mexico didn't have to worry about it? I, I just Seriously. feel that's... Come on now. Utah? Mm-hmm. Wyoming? Montana? He's come a on. humidist? Humidist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe? Humidist. Yeah, sounds bad. <laughs> Rick the Humidist. There's a show title right there. <laughs> oh, oh, like, what the hell? <laughs> humidist. Uh, okay, you nice. got the next one. <laughs> so this is this is from Jay. Um, this is a metallurgy kickback. He says, I know you like to be precisely accurate, so I have to correct your talk about saw sharpening. Nice. You said not to hammer the teeth in line before sharpening because it makes them soft. That is the opposite of reality. After sharpening, you set the teeth so you're bending the metal. That causes work hardening along the flexure line. Further, when you bend them back, it's more so. The reason uh, this causes things to break is that you're work hardening to failure. That is harder also means more brittle, and eventually it no longer elastically deforms. It just snaps, which is what I'm very worried about could be what's happening <laughs> to my hold fast. <laughs> yeah. Like, That'd be disappointing. hardening because they've been flexing for 10 years now since I've had them. Mm-hmm. Something like that. I, I just have to believe it can't be the case. But yes, he's absolutely right. It's not sharp. It's not softening so that it's breaking off. It's hardening. Um, there we go. Okay. Thanks, Jay. We appreciate that. And if you have yeah. any comments on Holdfasts, let me know. <laughs> let us know what's going on there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that feedback, Jay. All right. So you guys like to make furniture, right? Yeah. I know I do. I'm more of like a wood floor guy now. 
You're more like a <laughs> anything but furniture guy now, honestly. I just like that. <laughs> what I'm starting to make flooring. Is it? <laughs> Gonna make yeah. a wooden tank next. Uh, Why not? Oh boy. All right. Well, if you want to elevate your furniture making game, uh, Rockler's got you covered. They have a furniture making guide that's pretty fantastic. The guide walks you through common joinery techniques, tips for building outdoor furniture, table making tips, including a guide to buying and using epoxy, installing the Mur- I almost said the Murphy bed, a Murphy bed, the easy Murphy DIY bed. updates, <laughs> the, the Murphy famous bed. Murphy one. bed. Easy DIY updates that you can make around the house and more. You can also choose from over 50 free woodworking plans. Is one of those yours, Matt? We always talk about this. Your little yes, uh, Alfie I, table thingamajig? I mean, is that, I guess it's probably furniture. It's shop stuff. Shop but furniture. Yes. I guess, yeah, let's, yeah, but I guess it'd be in that woodworking plans. Yeah. Thing. See that? I don't. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go look. I want to find it. That's the Alfie but you table. Can find, <laughs> yeah. With the you can find top. the guide this month. Or on not. the Rockler homepage. You already just keep talking. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, Matt. <laughs> Why do you even ask me questions? The young, Why do you even the involve adolescent, me in your ad reads? <laughs> adolescent rebellious <laughs> Matt is a pain in my ass. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. You can find the guide this month on the Rockler homepage or in the show notes for this oh. podcast. Oh, boy. We botched that one. Why Sorry, am I Rockler. Even here? Like, it's like, we'll do why? better next time. <laughs> Or not. We probably won't. I mean, I don't know. I was going to say, well, I feel like we've been saying that for three years now. Yeah, somehow. It keeps getting worse. Rockler, they Rockler, must not Rockler, have better Rockler. options. There you go. That's all there is to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You know so let's get to our question, shall furniture? we? Ikea. They do. And uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about them a little bit now. So, oh, crap. What's this dude's name? I forgot his name. Anybody remember his name? I don't have his name here. All right. Sounds like a you problem. It is. I'll have to go back and figure it out, but it's a two-parter. So there's two parts to this question. I'm going to read it and you'll know who you are when you hear it. Uh, So this person says, listening to old episodes on 499 and a caller asked about Ikea. I agree with your assessment that their engineering sales model and distribution are all very impressive. Do you believe that the lack of durability stems mostly from particle board? I ask because my recent research into which domino to buy exposed the Festool interconnect system. Not many people are aware of this and even less talk about it. I don't know, I think a lot of people talk about that system. Um, any experience with it? Any idea on strength and durability in hardwood? Or is it targeted at cabinet makers? All right, so there is a second part, totally unrelated, but a second part to the question I'll get to afterwards. So I've used this system in the past. In fact, it's holding together my son's bunk bed right now, if that gives you any idea of how much I trust it. It is a very good system. So I think, yes, I think part of the issue with IKEA furniture is the material itself. Uh, If they're using particle board uh, sheet goods for these things, well, you guys know how that goes. You put a lot of stress on it and it's very easy to kind of like pop those little cam things. And that's part of the other problem is they use that sort of cam lock system, Um, at least from what I can see. A lot of the stuff is assembled that way where you got those little uh, circular cams that go in and the little thing goes into that and you twist it and it kind of grabs it. But it's Mm -hmm. all sort of kind of loosey goosey. And it's only once this whole thing is together is this thing kind of structurally sound. Um, and the other thing is in addition to those cams, which are what are bringing the thing together, uh, they usually have very loose fitting dowels. Um, like I call them why bother dowels because they're yeah. almost not doing anything. Um, and there are times where I will glue those in just to get a little bit more stability, stability <laughs> out of them. Um, but if <laughs> yeah, words aren't my, my forte today. 
Uh, so if you compare this to what the Festool system is doing, their connect bolts, they go a lot deeper into the material. They are constructed of much better materials themselves. And then when you crank down on them, they are very, very strong. But they are not the only thing at play here. What you typically have is a series of regular dominoes that are kind of dry fit into the, the joints. And then a couple of those connector bolts that are pulling everything together, working, you know, almost like a clamp. So it's the all those things working in conjunction that make those a thousand times better than anything you would get with just classic cam, rotating cam hardware. Um, so night and day difference, but I, I don't think it even matters if it, you can use it in hardwood. I certainly did. Uh, they work in hardwood, they work in sheet goods, but they're going to work better in every possible way. It's just going to be a whole lot more expensive. It's like more expensive to get in the game and expensive because the things themselves are quite expensive. So um, do you guys have any experience with the Festool connector systems or not yet? Anything to add that I might be missing? They're good. I mean, no. I've I have uh, moved that bunk bed once, so it's only had to be uh, moved from Denver to here. And it was no problem at all. Like everything just came apart the way I wanted it to and then went right back together. And it's just as sturdy as it ever was. I think with a lot okay. of that like knockdown <clears throat> furniture stuff you buy, like especially from Ikea, it's like it's made in the sense of like all the joinery has to be there. You can't one individual connection cannot be stressed because it's looking at more of the whole and it's yeah, more right. designed for like static loads. That's yeah it. yeah like we also and not meant to move from one place to another <laughs> we have these uh i think they're like kid chairs or whatever but they're made with um uh threaded inserts so the the legs are wood and they have a threaded insert into the end grain of the leg and that goes up into a bolt and you mm. screw all together the threaded insert just comes right out of the end of that leg all the time we have four of them i've yeah. repaired like three of them already because the threaded insert fails to the wood connection because it's going into end grain <laughs> yeah Right. And just shears off. Okay, well, there's that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, th that's the thing about it. It is cool. Uh, cool looking furniture in a lot of cases, but uh, it just isn't going to hold up real well. Okay, second question. I'll try to make this quick. Relates to finished dry times. I live in Albuquerque, which is about a mix of Phoenix and Denver. I feel like this is like a straight shot at me. Um, <laughs> cold nights <laughs> and days in winter, 25 to 45. I'm careful not to spray rattle rattle fan rattle can i guess below 50 uh in case shannon walks by <laughs> and i hey you know it's a little cold for finishing don't you mind your own business actually you know it's bad for the environment right <laughs> it's too okay. cold and it's bad for the environment you evil person <laughs> Two right, strikes, says, buddy. Two strikes. <laughs> I limit varnishes and polys to warmer days. The cold doesn't seem to retard drying times much. Case in point, table that I wet sanded some BLO onto last night is very dry 12 hours later. Um, is finished drying dependent more on humidity than temperature? All right, let me try to sum this up the best I can. Um, it's going to depend on both, really. Uh, what's up, Ava? What is that? Hello. That's beautiful. You made that? Yeah. You want to come here? Yeah, come here. Show it. Show us your pillow. Did you make that with mommy? Yeah. Okay. Is it comfy? Can wow. It? <laughs> it's kind of hard, but that's okay. Okay. It's cool. <laughs> hey, thanks for stopping by. Bye. Okay. Love bye. you. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> All these live guests. Second guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um... All right, where was I? A temperature definitely does play a role. Humidity, 
can certainly exacerbate things and make things a little a little bit more difficult. And I can tell you, having lived in both of those locations, the humidity is a, a huge factor in terms of how fast things set up and dry. But he's mentioning that boiled linseed oil. And I think that is something specifically that we could look at. Uh, when you're looking at these oils that are kind of more your natural oils and your drying oils, they don't necessarily worry so much about temperature. Uh, the low temps might extend some of that dry time to some extent, but they'll still eventually get there. Uh, but there certainly are a lot of finishes. Just look on the can. They're going to tell you which temperatures it's safe to apply them in. Um, humidity does play a role in making things take a little bit longer if the humidity is really high. Uh, but I, man, I was spoiled in, uh, in both Denver and Phoenix with some finishes where I would apply Armor Seal. Great example, right? So it's a, a wiping varnish. You could apply probably safely three coats a day, <laughs> something like that. Uh, if I tried to do that here, I don't think it would go as well. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, just to kind of very quickly answer that, you do have to watch both humidity and uh, and temperature, but it also very much depends on what the finish is that you're applying. And in the case of boiled linseed oil, here that's the funny thing, though. I don't think I've ever applied something like boiled linseed oil and would say that it feels very dry 12 hours later. That I, still seems I like a very... Haven't. Yeah, I don't care right. where you are. That's a short amount of time to say that it feels very dry. I mean, maybe it was the first coat, so it really absorbed it very quickly, but that oil certainly right, isn't cured yet. Um, yeah, it might just be that's as, more of the fact that the wood is thirsty than yeah. anything else. You yeah, know, I would I say so. It just sucked it in really quickly, and now it feels dry. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a quick answer to the question. Both humidity and temperature are factors, and it just kind of depends on a case-by-case -case basis which finish we're talking about. There we go. Well mm -hmm. done. Uh, this is from Roman. <clears throat> he says, I have a Bailey number five plane that I got from my grandfather-in-law. The blade was too pitted to get an edge on it. When I removed the, the chip breaker, Matt's name is popping up and I'm trying to read and it's like, I'm trying to make it easier for Matt. Um, <laughs> Stop clicking on <laughs> I'm them. making all the corrections so <laughs> we can read it easier. <laughs> I appreciate that, I suppose. Um, <laughs> when I removed the chip me. breaker, I... <laughs> Oh boy! And to put him on the ability to on the weekends mute when we're all certain, feeling a little bit members off. of this call. I could just you kick have, like, them off the call. <laughs> I do you have the ability to just my kick question. him off I'm the out of here. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we could mute him so he doesn't know, so he can just keep ranting, and we can carry on with the show. You know? <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. Why that way, aren't you, you know, responding to anything I say? It's a Skype issue, right? That's what it is. Uh -huh. Right. And we're not uh -huh. even using That's Skype, it. so. It's been a few years oh, since we've Lord. Skype. <laughs> <Yeah>. Roman, <laughs> I apologize. You have a legitimate question here. So he says, <laughs> I removed the chip breaker and I took note that the bevel was up. I got a new Veritas blade installed, but I'm not getting any decent results. My question is, on a number five, should the bevel be up or down? The internet says contradictory results. Oh boy. <laughs> what? Who? Wow. That never happens. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. So, uh, Roman, we're if we're talking about an actual number five, it is a bevel down plane. He says a Bailey number five plane. That could be a, a lot of things, but if it is numbered a number five, that is a bevel down plane. Um, the number five is also colloquially known as the jack plane, and there are bevel up jack planes. Those go by a different number that I'm forgetting. I think it's 151. I don't know. I am notoriously am bad at Stanley numbering systems. Once I get beyond like number nine, I don't know anymore. Hmm. But there is a bevel up plane, <clears throat> but the traditional jack plane is beveled down. My issue when I get questions like this is I, I get a lot of this 
this phraseology, I'm not getting good results. Well, what does that mean? Are you not getting a shaving? What does it mean you're not getting good results? My concern, however, is if you bought a Veritas blade, that may not fit a vintage number five plane because Veritas blades are much thicker. Um, I know Veritas, they have a, a chart on their website that shows which blades will fit which types of planes. Um, if you just picked up a regular Veritas number five plane, like a jack plane blade, it may or may not actually fit. And if it is thicker and you're trying to put a chip breaker and the lever cap in place, that can be causing some issues. Mm. Assuming that he got the right blade. And again, I haven't bought a blade from Veritas in a while, so I, I could be wrong here. But um, assuming he's got one that does actually fit, it absolutely should be beveled down. And the chip breaker needs to be set close to the cutting edge. Um, how close depends on really what type of cutting you're doing, but let's just say close a 16th of an inch, if not shorter than that to the edge of the blade and the blade, the bevel should be down. If you're still not getting quote decent results, um, I'd like to know what that means. Um, but yeah, definitely put it in bevel down and that should help, um, pretty heavily mm -hmm. there. Let's hope. Yeah. Now's your turn, Matt. I don't know. Now's your turn, Matt. I don't know. Over. There's all this like <laughs> child noise above my head. I'm, I'm yeah, half listening to little... you guys and half listening to what's going on upstairs because my kids are having a play date. So it's like my kids and some other kids that I don't quite know. And the crazy thing is I feel like it's in my house. I can't tell if it's your kids <laughs> or mine because I also have kids above me now and I don't know who's making the noise. So, okay. Could be mine. Okay. This question is from Aaron. This may be a legitimate question or an illegitimate question. Who knows? We don't judge. Who knows? We'll find out. Aaron says, I know nothing about solid wood flooring, but I do see people who either nail them into the subfloor or use adhesive to glue them down. How does this work with expansion and contraction? I would imagine the boards at the edge of the room could move a large distance. Thanks. Yes, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> the... Proper install on this would be to leave a gap along the side of the, uh, the flooring where it gets towards the uh, actual wall. And that will give you your expansion or contraction gaps as that floor is going to be expanding and contracting over the seasons. Now, it's not really a big deal because you have a layer of sheetrock and then you have your uh, uh, baseboard molding that goes on top of that. So it's going to cover any gap you might have along the side of the wall. The two different, uh, I guess, securement methods here or they're using nails or adhesives, um, both of those are going to allow that flooring to float. The adhesives tend to be a little more pliable, so they do have some give and allow that floor to kind of move around a little bit. And the biggest problem that you'll see with like just doing a nail down floor is that as those boards contract and move and everything, they might actually like actually change positions relative to the rest of the field, especially if you have a flooring that is multiple different grain orientations that are all moving in different mm -hmm. rates. They start shoving each other out of the way and shifting around. And if they're just nailed using either uh, cleats or staples, that might actually tweak those staples or nails a little bit. And the new position will be kind of out of alignment. You'll see some separation along some of the seams and it'll kind of open up. If you look at an older floor, you'll see that all of the, usually all like the little, all the tongue groove connections are a little bit open. They'll maybe shift it a little bit and then some are tight and it's just kind of like all over the place. The adhesives, uh, help with that quite a bit because they don't allow the boards to shift relative to each other and find a new position. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit about flooring, I guess, from some guy who knows nothing about flooring. We just did it once and was supposed to do it again. 
<laughs> so so the adhesive though i think the, the key is it's not like wood glue in a sense no, it's right it's not that pliable. type of adhesive it's got flexibility to it and still allows these things to breathe and to move yeah the uh the, the other thing you have to think about if it's rigid if the glue is rigid as you walk on it and the subfloor compresses and the wood compresses that causes even bigger problems like mm-hmm. i think the wood movement is kind of a nice byproduct but that that needs to compress and flex under load or you'll mm-hmm. have all kinds of bad issues and a really loud floor yeah. too if you think yeah. about it if it were super rigid it less would, comfortable it would, yeah quite a bit okay all right well i think that's going to do it for us today family owned since 1954 Rockler is your go-to source for high-quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler is everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over $49. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a $250 gift card. Yeah! 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 Gift cards! Yes! Just broke something. <laughs> did, you just, okay. did you just break that? Whatever that was? <laughs> broke it. It's just, it's just a wrist rest. But I, I guess it's got a... Um, it's got a... <laughs> did you hear the snap, too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's still going to work just fine. It's just got whatever's inside there is now snapped. The subfloor yeah, just to my flooring has it's, snapped. It's knocked down. Sorry. I was, it was in the moment. Down. I was excited. $250 guys $250 enough to buy another wrist rest it's a big gift card a blue one yeah oh lord you know who else is family owned this show yeah baby Uh, guys thank you for the questions this week send us more questions we love them you can send us via voicemail well technically record a voicemail and then email it Actually, what you have to do now, just send it to woodtalkshow at gmail.com or go to woodtalkshow.com to submit your questions. We had lots of good questions this week. And you also can be a source of high quality and innovative advice, like on metallurgy. Hook me up. I want to know. Okay. That was bad. All right. Awesome. Good one. Good one, Shannon. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us. We will see you guys next time. Peace out. Toodaloo. Bye. Go to Rockler.